You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megyn Kelly. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show and happy Friday. Our tech issues from yesterday have been worked out and we are ready for a packed show for you. The first post-debate poll in the Pennsylvania Senate race between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz has just been released. It shows Oz breaking away with a nearly three point lead. I don't think there's been another poll showing Oz leading. Uh, And this is post debate, as I mentioned. The race is now tighter than it has ever been with 10 days to go until Election Day. Robert Cahaley from Trafalgar is here with analysis on that race and his overall election night predictions. He comes on in just a bit. But first, Kanye, Ye West, is it is it Ye or Ye? I don't I can't remember. Yay. Yay. It's like Kanye. Yay. 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 <laughs> yay West <laughs> remains in the headlines uh, as multiple companies cut ties with him. Yesterday, he claimed that he lost two billion dollars in one day due to these lost deals. The controversy over West, the, sta- the statements he has made and his friendship with Candace Owens causing some some trouble for our pals over at the Daily Wire, who have come under fire as well on multiple fronts. Jeremy Boring co-founded the Daily Wire with Ben Shapiro. He serves as its co-CEO. And Jeremy joins me now for an exclusive interview. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Mr. Boring, welcome back to the show. Megan, happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you. You know, I got to be honest, I was kind of surprised it's still going on. 
And I'm like, what? They're still, everybody's still yelling at each other over this. I mean, I get that Ye is out there, you know, interview after interview, doubling down, tripling down, saying all the same stuff, and it's costing him financially. Okay, that's America. But it swung back on you guys because Candace is his friend and has defended him and has tried to say she does she didn't really think he was being anti-Semitic in these comments and kind of tried to find an angle for him that would help others make sense of this in a way that w- wouldn't lead you thinking this is a wild anti-Semite. So then, as I understand it, everybody turned to you guys, you and Ben are like, fire her ass. <laughs> so it's turned into went from like, Yay needs to lose his Adidas deal to Candace needs to be fired from the Daily Wire. Ben's been outspoken about anti-Semitism. And this is like massively hypocritical for him to only say, I disagree with Candace. They want right. they want her to be punished. They want a disassociation, cancellation. So have it. Do you think I've like have I adequately summed up where we are right now? Yeah, I think you have. And, and I appreciate it. You know, I think that if Candace were here, she would say that she has not defended Ye's actual remarks in her in yeah. almost every statement she's made, but in particular her earliest statement, she said, "Listen, uh, I think that uh, Kanye West is my friend, and I think that there are accusations being made against him that are beyond. You know, they're they're disproportionate to the things that he's actually said. But I'm this is not me trying to defend the actual remarks that he made. I think I said you know, she defended him, and I, and I think defend, that's fair. I think that's right. I think she defended her friend Kanye. Uh, listen." Candace actually called me. People don't realize this. I, when I first heard about this controversy, I was in Jerusalem observing Sukkot with Ben. Uh, mm-hmm. And I got a call that perhaps we were anti-Semites, which I, I thought, well, that's <laughs> probably absurd on its face, but okay, what's going on? Uh, Candace called me and she said, you know, I have my premiere for my movie tomorrow, uh, George Floyd and the Rise of BLM, The Greatest Lie Ever Sold. She said, and, you know, I've invited Yay to the premiere. Should I uninvite him? And at that point, it was, it was immediately after all this had first broken, I looked at the comments that he had made on Twitter. And I said at the time, well, they're definitely anti-Semitic statements. I don't know if there's enough evidence at this point to conclude uh, that he's an anti-Semite, but certainly these are disgusting statements. I said, and I appreciate you offering not to bring him to the premiere. I said, I think, though, I'm not going to ask you to pile on. I'm not going to ask you to disassociate. You know, the actual person, Candace, is actually friends with the actual person, Kanye West. I said, I don't, I don't want you to feel that you have to disassociate from him. I, I don't want him to speak. I don't want him to be an official part of the event. But from my point of view, you can invite him. And listen, I make probably 20 decisions a day that have some existential impact on the company, and they're not all the correct decision. If I'd known the things that Ye was going to go on and say over the next 14 days, I probably would have made a different decision. But I think it's an interesting piece of color that from the very beginning, Candace wanted to shield the Daily Wire from the potential fallout from his remarks and, and understood that the things that he said uh, were offensive, understood that, that they're, they were consequential. At the same time, as I say, he's her actual friend. And, and you know, Candace has a superpower. And one of the things that her, one of the consequences of her superpower is that she sees everyone sometimes as a nail. Uh, and, she, and she raced in to defend her friend, not his remarks, but her friend, and the way that she races in to fight all of her battles. And that's, that's caused a little bit of discomfort from us over at the Daily Wire, but I think it's perfectly understandable from her point of view. Mm-hmm. I've, I've listened to her and I'm, I'm her fan, as my audience knows, she's been on the program. Um, she, she seems to be getting it, and you guys seem to be getting it, in part because Ben's been appropriately outspoken about anti-Semitism. Right. And 
I think his fans want to hear him be outspoken about this. And he has. He's condemned the yay remarks in no uncertain terms. And he's also said, I strongly disagree with Candace's interpretation of all of these. Right. They just they, they feel like now trying to put, you know, a sort of characterization on, on the objectors. They feel like it's not enough, like it's not OK sure. for Ben to chalk this up to agree to disagree, as opposed to like you're now standing up for this guy who's obviously, in their view, an anti-Semite. And that that takes away all of your credibility to call others out on anti-Semitic yeah. remarks. Well, I don't think it compromises our our credibility uh, vis-a-vis anti-Semitism at all to suggest that the Daily Wire or Ben Shapiro are somehow uh, not anti-anti-Semitism enough, I think is absurd on its face. Uh, but, you know, I think there's a there are kind of two camps of criticism. There's some legitimate criticism. Perhaps we should have handled it differently. As I say, if I knew everything two weeks ago that I know today, I would have taken Candace up on her offer not to have Gay uh, at the premiere of, of her documentary. Um, I didn't know all of that at the time. I think that there's also people who, you know, are disappointed in what they perceive to be our response, who, after they speak to us, they reach out in good faith, have a conversation. They, they may still not agree with all of our decisions along the way, uh, but for the most part, they understand our decision making once they talk to us. I also think there's kind of a focused opposition that's being largely driven by disgruntled former employees of the Daily Wire. And Daily Wire is a hard place to work. Not everybody makes the cut. And a few of the people who, uh, who didn't make it, I think, have have been looking for an opportunity to play out their resentments. And some of the mm. really focused attacks are coming from that group. Oh, but is that can I, I think, ask, is that Eli Steinberg? Because he he wrote for you guys in addition to Newsweek and The Federalist. And he he ripped you guys a new one, as you probably saw. Yeah, I read his piece. Uh, I didn't know Eli Steinberg had ever written for us. I will say that I thought it was one of the most uh, deceitful, uh, disingenuous pieces I've ever read. He he characterizes Ben's tweets completely falsely uh, and deliberately so. And then later, when it suits his purpose, he actually embeds several tweets. But he doesn't he doesn't embed the ones that he misrepresents, which I found really interesting. He's essentially trying to make the case that uh, that Ben, for financial reasons, is not living up, you know, to his responsibility as as a outspoken um, opponent of anti-Semitism and firing Candace Owens. But look, here's the thing. First of all, Ben is not an executive in this company. Uh, Ben's not the majority owner of this company. Ben's not in a position to hire or fire anyone in the company. He is an owner. He's a founder. He has obviously an enormous influence on what happens in the company, but he's in no position to fire Candace Owens. And the the, the suggestion that he should just fire her, I think, just misunderstands the reality of the business altogether. Secondly, if Ben were in that position, he still wouldn't fire Candace because Candace Owens is not an anti-Semite, because Candace Owens isn't the one who said all the vile, disgusting, ignorant things. That's Yay West. If Yay West works here, we would have fired him. He doesn't. Candace does. Uh, and, you know, do I agree with everything Candace has said? Again, no. Does Ben agree? No. I- I've had some real rows with Candace over the last 14 days, probably the biggest disagreements that we've ever had. But agreeing with Ben Shapiro and agreeing with Jeremy Boring uh, all the way down to every jot and tittle is not the is not the job description of a host at the Daily Wire. Would that it were. I disagree with all the guys quite often. Uh, it'd be terrific if even everything that I think. No, well, not Knowles. <laughs> that guy is right about everything. Never Knowles. No, what about I'm interested in what you said, that if you knew then what you know now about Kanye's thoughts, mm. um, you would not have wanted him at, at her movie premiere, which was a Daily Wire you know, produced film. A Daily Wire event. Yeah. 
So sure. why? I mean, he's because he has been quadrupling and quintupling down. What is it about what he said after all the controversial tweets and Insta post posts that changed your view on him? I, I suppose only this, you know, that someone like Morgan Wallen can make a comment, you know, use a racial epitaph and uh, in a pri what he thought was a private setting. And we can say, well, that's inappropriate. It's not fair. Or it's not right. It's not seemly. Um, it's maybe ignorant, but I don't know that it's that it's evidence necessarily that the guy is a racist. I think you'd need to know a little bit more than just what he popped off when he was drunk to conclude that he's a racist. And that's kind of how I viewed the situation with Kanye. He definitely said some things that were anti-Semitic. The comments themselves were anti-Semitic. I didn't think that that necessarily evidenced that he was an anti-Semite. Uh, but then he's clarified what he thought since then. As to your point, he's doubled down, he's tripled down, he's continually, you know, every day, every interview, continued to say these really vile, ignorant things. And at a certain point, you, you actually just have to say, well, this isn't an accident. This isn't a lapse of judgment. He's, he's expressing what he thinks. Yeah, and to I accept you for who he, you're telling me you are. Exactly. So had that, ha listen, I still, to this day, don't ask Candace to publicly repudiate her friend. I think that it's uh, unfair to expect someone to publicly repudiate their friend. That's a private issue when you have uh, an actual friendship with someone. But I wouldn't have wanted Kanye to be at the event if I had known that he actually thought the things that uh, that he's made clear now that he thinks. It's weird. Um, I mean, it would be weird to be standing next to him. Can, I can't imagine now, yeah. knowing how he feels about Jewish people, you know, Ben standing next to him. I mean, anybody. Does, you don't have to be Jewish to feel the scorn of that. But in particular, the targeted group, as Ben's been right. saying repeatedly, it, the like it's all the old tropes about Jews, like controlling the media and having some sort of cabal. Ben was joking on a show. If we had that, we would have already sent down our special laser to get Kanye. Oh, yeah. they, from, they would have uh, lasered <laughs> Kanye two weeks ago. <laughs> so, like, ben must have missed that uh, trip to synagogue where that plan was uh, was discussed. So to this point, but look, he you goes know, Kanye on. Has also said that we wouldn't invite him to be on The Daily Wire. Yeah, I'm getting on Lex Friedman. Wait, yeah, stand by. Said, I'm just that's uh, where I'm going next. It's your show. I'm ready it's for you. Boring. Um, he goes on with Lex Friedman. Yes. And we can talk about whether these people should keep interviewing. Yay. I've got thoughts about it. But in any way, he goes on with him and he takes it one next level. And what I would like the audience to listen for here is, yes, he accuses you guys of blacklisting him. But listen to speaking of the Jewish tropes. My God, um, especially the one that you'll hear in the last sentence of what he says. This is Sat one. But what happens is every time if I talk to any of these business people one by one, because mind you, I didn't get to the tweet by not having a conversation. I had the conversations beforehand before I got to the tweet. Now we're going to take it to the stage. Now we're on the world stage, right? And you saw Ari Emanuel do exactly the kind of thing that I was saying had been done behind closed doors. Now he's doing it in open doors. They told Candace Owens, I couldn't be. Right on the Daily Wire. Like, you can't even explain yourself. And we don't care how, how you got to that point either. And that's fucked up. They told Candace you can't be on Daily Wire? Is that Wire? even about... Yes, she did. That's what they said. And you know what? And you can have my voice raised or lower. I'm going to do it lower, right? Because what's happening to me by... I put in your words, the media is saying not only... Can you not explain yourself? We don't care how you got to that point. You need to apologize and you can't explain. And that's the end of the story to just apologize so we can have Mel Gibson do some more films. 
is exactly what Ari Emanuel was saying. No one is looking to change the problem that led so many people to that same level of frustration. And I just so happen to be the one that's not going to back up on it. Oh, boy. I mean, that last line. What no one's actually talking about how bad the Jews are is what I think he's trying to say there. Yeah. uh, You know, I don't actually care how the guy came to his horrible opinions. Um, I think that the Lex Friedman interview on the whole was a good thing. I don't think every interview has been, but I think Lex in particular was pressing on Kanye, but also giving Kanye an opportunity. I think that post that interview, Kanye can't say no one's given him a fair shot to explain himself. The, The problem, we don't like the explanation. You know, he tries to conflate his concept of Jewish media with the Daily Wire, I guess, because Ben Shapiro is a minority owner of the Daily Wire. You know, I'm not Jewish. I'm Christian. The other owner of the Daily Wire is Christian. We're we're not offended as Jews. We're offended as human beings at his doubling and tripling down on this generalization. You know, nobody, if you say my agent who is Jewish took advantage of me, that's not anti-Semitism. If you say the Jews took advantage of me. I shouldn't have to explain this, right? It's a very simple concept. Speaking in generalizations is wrong. Labeling entire ethnic or religious groups uh, because of your disagreements with individuals is wrong. But so too is this suggestion that I said he couldn't be on the Daily Wire. We didn't say that. That's not what I said. Candace said that Kanye would like uh, for Candace to interview him. And I said, no, that would be akin to Chris Cuomo interviewing Andrew Cuomo in the middle of the scandal. You're his friend. Mm. Your husband is in a business relationship with him. I don't think that it's appropriate for you to be the person in this moment who has that conversation with him. Very good and point. she agreed. Point. She agreed and we moved on. In that same conversation, I said, if the guy wants to talk to Jordan Peterson, if he wants to talk to Ben Shapiro, I'd be glad to set those interviews oh, up because that's people who would give him a fair opportunity, oh. but also press on him. Not, not to say that Candace wouldn't only to say that the optics no, no. of Candace being in that position. No, yeah, absolutely. Given given the business relationship her husband has with him alone, it, she's not the right That's person right. for that. He he's the CEO of Parler, which Yay has just announced he's buying. So you can't. I mean, there are certain things you can't do um, in our business. So I agree with that. So that he's not. He is welcome on the Daily Wire, potentially, but not in an interview with Candace. Sure, uh, I would not um, be averse to him being interviewed by someone at the Daily Wire, who I thought was in a position both optically and practically to conduct a fair interview with him. Um, I don't think that he would take us up on any offer to come on the Daily Wire at this point, right? And mm-hmm. I'm even not sure today that it makes much sense to continue, uh, to your point, to continue mm-hmm. interviewing him about this issue. Uh, but I, I would not say no out of hand. And certainly a week ago, you know, said to Candace that we would be open to that. Uh, I. I'm not one who believes in cancellation, right? I don't think if I own Twitter, I, Kanye West would still have access to his Twitter account. If I own Instagram, he would still have access to his Instagram account because I believe that those platforms serve a function, uh, sort of a town square function. And I believe in free speech in the town square. The Daily Wire is not a free speech platform. We're advocates for free speech, but we're a publication. We curate ideas. And the voices that we publish are voices that we are very open about our biases. They're Voices that broadly align with the vision of the founders. That doesn't mean that we agree with uh, the opinion, every opinion expressed by every person that we publish, but there is sort of a broad rubric uh, of thought, and, and we curate ideas within that rubric of thought. Kanye certainly has violated whatever the limits of that are. I would mm-hmm. not give, uh, I would not publish someone um, who has Kanye's stated opinions, but that doesn't mean that I wouldn't publish an interview with someone 
who has Kanye's stated opinions to try to get to the bottom of what they're actually thinking. Well, I mean, uh, we've, I've said this before on the show, 60 Minutes profiled the leader of the KKK. Mike Wallace interviewed him while the guy was wearing his hat in his robe. So there's right. been a long tradition in journalism of speaking with people who you might find abhorrent, but course, you're interested in what their views are. Yeah. So, yeah. OK, so let, let me ask you this. So the whole thing got started after Yay posted his Insta thing and his thing on Twitter talking about going death, meaning death, con three on Jewish people, Jewish people. It was all all caps, Jewish people. Um, and people were like, whoa. And he, he definitely made some anti-Semitic remarks. And then they got even worse. And Candace came out. And this is what she said that's at first, which got her dragged into this. I'm, I'd love to ask yeah. you about it. Uh, this is her commenting on it in SOT 2. People subsequently demanded that the tweet be taken down for anti-Semitism. Now, if you are an honest person, you did not think this tweet was anti-Semitic. You did not think that he wrote this tweet because he hates or wants to genocide Jewish people. This does not represent the beginning of a Holocaust. That's if you're an honest person, you'll meet that. You, you will admit that. Right. If you're an honest person, when you read this tweet, you had no idea what the hell he was talking about. I had I had no idea when I read this tweet what the hell he was talking about. This tweet inspired questions, not answers. First and foremost, what is death con three? Did he mean death con three, which would be a military defense position, not an offense for those of you that are offended, a military defense position? Now, once again, I want to make this very clear. This is not a defense of his tweet. This is an open question, which never seems to happen anymore. It's like you cannot even say the word Jewish without people getting upset in the same way that you're not allowed to say black anymore. I had a couple of things on that. Number one, uh, Ben Dominich comes out and says, we deserve better than Candace Owens and says, the standard Owens creates here is laughable just because you don't want to actually start a Holocaust. And of course, there's no indication anyone here is actively engaged in planning genocide of any kind. That doesn't mean the thing Kanye just said was not anti-Semitic. I know you're not a huge fan of Ben's because I saw you guys sparring on Twitter or online. But what do you make of his retort to what she said? No, I think Ben has a long history of disagreement with Candace. And at times it's been very personal, so it doesn't surprise me that he takes the opening to take a shot at Candace. Uh, of course, one does not have to wish death on all Jews in order to engage in anti-Semitism or, or anti-Semitic remarks. I think Candace is wrong to say that those early remarks were not anti-Semitic. Uh, I don't think she actually says they weren't anti-Semitic. I think she says uh, that they she said, clearly, if you are an honest person, you did not think this tweet was yeah. anti-Semitic. If you because, if you are an honest person, think, you did not think this tweet was anti-Semitic. Yeah. You did, uh, and then she goes on. You did not think that he wrote this tweet because he hates or wants to genocide yeah. Jewish people. I think this that does Candace not represent the beginning of a Holocaust. I think, first of all, Candace was responding to people who were saying that because he used the term death con, that he was, in fact, inviting violence on the Jews. And she thought that was an overreaction. I think that she, to the extent that she says you couldn't think it was anti-Semitic, she's wrong. Of course it was anti-Semitic. To the extent that she says it raised more questions than answers, I think so too. Yeah, it did There's two questions. more weeks of history since then, and he's, and he's given those answers, and the answers are as, uh, in some ways as bad as people, uh, as people thought that they were. Um, and, and I guess the last thing I would say is that I think that part of the role that Candace has played in public life 
is as someone who challenges PC orthodoxy. And because, mm-hmm. she, uh, because she is a black woman who has challenged PC orthodoxy, in particular around issues of race, you know, she's been called, she's been subjected to the worst attacks possible, called a race traitor by certain uh, political voices or media voices. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably not surprising that she is not as sensitive as she might otherwise be to those same kinds of um, sensitivities as they apply to other groups of people. I'm not defending that lack no, of no, sensitivity. No. I'm trying to understand it. it. Yeah, right. She, no, I get it. And that's one of my questions for you, Jeremy, is yeah. like, we've all been so swept up in fighting back against cancel culture. And we've all been, you know, just called names at every turn over bullshit behavior, right? It's like uh, they unfairly use these the terms racist and bigot mm-hmm. and sexist and uh, against everybody. That's and, right. I, you know, in a way, I mean, truly, this is a creation. This whole problem is sort of a creation of these wokesters on the left who have desensitized everyone from all of those words and when they really ought to be used, you know, and, and so when they are used or when somebody says something that actually really is problematic or bigoted, the knee jerk yeah. reaction from those of us who have been fighting these words is all oh, bullshit. Take a seat. Yeah. You're constantly playing that card. And honestly, like that's a real problem in the way the, the woke left 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 has got us talking about these issues. Yeah. In many ways, I think that, you know, Candace responded from that sort of point of view that you just articulated. And then over the subsequent 14 days, uh, Ye just slammed her finger in the drawer over and over and over for giving him the benefit of the doubt. If, <laughs> if your suggestion is, did Candace give her actual personal friend uh, and a person who was taking lots of slings and arrows from the left for challenging their orthodoxy over the last two years, did she give him more benefit of the doubt than she may have given someone from the left? Sure, that of course she did. Uh, was she wrong? Yes, in my opinion, she was absolutely wrong. I think the remarks were patently anti-Semitic on their face, and I said so at the time. Um, I, I have sympathy for Candace's position, and I ha- am endeavoring to have some understanding for Candace's position. Doesn't mean that I agree with Candace's position. She still hasn't done anything for what she should be fired from the Daily Wire. Mm. That's the thing is it's like, why do they want her job? They they think she's a, a sympathizer. I mean, as uh, this guy, the guy I just mentioned, uh, he put it as follows. Hold on. I want to make sure I have it. Uh, mm. It's mm, Eli Steinberg called it the yay generated and Owens exacerbated controversy that she exacerbated it by defending him, which he suggests shows an ambivalence on Jew hatred from the Daily Wire. And, you know, she does work for the Daily Wire now. And so what do you make of the fact now, Jeremy, that he's done all these things and he's, he's continued saying all these things and she's still standing by him? Does that change the evaluation? Well, my hope is that uh, that Candace sees things differently than maybe she saw them two weeks ago. I know I see things differently than I did two weeks ago. Uh, that's another interesting wrinkle in this whole thing, you know, is that Eli Steinberg's incredibly deceitful and malicious article, which was mostly an attack on Ben Shapiro, not on yes. uh, Candace Owens, who has not said anything anti-Semitic, or on Kanye West, who absolutely has said a whole lot of terrible things that were anti-Semitic. It was mostly a cheap shot against Ben Shapiro that I think mischaracterizes his position completely. N- nevertheless, if that piece had come out even 10 days ago uh, and engaged in a little bit less manipulation, then I might have even said that it uh, was, a, was a legitimate criticism. But time has gone by, 
right? Candace's position, uh, where Kanye is concerned, has been moderated. You don't see her out there talking about these things the same way uh, that she was talking about them in the earliest days, because we've all heard more and more and more from Ye. But I still don't expect Candace to publicly repudiate her, her actual friend. I think that's too much to ask. And I don't think that the criteria for whether or not she continues to be an important cultural voice or an employee of the Daily Wire are compromised by the fact that she hasn't said, my friend is an anti-Semite. Um, that is not a standard that I'm willing to enforce on her or on anyone. Do you, is it true that you, you guys, your biggest stars, um, boycotted the premiere of her movie on George Floyd because Kanye was going to be there and because this controversy had already broken? I know I've yeah. seen some pushback saying, no, we all just had various engagements elsewhere. But I can see how yeah. people would have been asking, Boring's not there, Shapiro's not there, Matt Walsh's not there. Michael Knowles, not there. Well, again, nobody, nobody, no, just nobody kidding. Cares. I don't mean, I don't nobody mean to rip on <laughs> You're the king of that. Clavin, you know, down the list. I can see why people were like, hmm. Sure. I think Jason Whitlock started that uh, yeah. with a tweet that he put out and he, and he apologized for the tweet rightly. He, he was at the premiere. I was not. I was, as I say, in Jerusalem. Ben was in Jerusalem. Uh, my co-CEO, who has not been, by the way, it's Caleb Robinson, uh, yep. was in Jerusalem. Jordan Peterson was in Jerusalem. We were, we were working on some amazing new Peterson Shapiro content and observing Sukkot from Jerusalem. Uh, Matt Walsh was giving a speech. Michael uh, Knowles, I think, was at a funeral. It was a funeral, you, family, death we, of a family member. We have, and by, uh, another funny thing, none of them knew that Ye was going to be there. I knew that Ye was going to be there, and Caleb knew that Ye was going to be there. Uh, but the other guys weren't aware of that. I didn't. You never know if a celebrity is actually going to show up at any place they say they're going to show up at. Um, so that to me, I found it kind of amusing widely... because I was like, "What about the Daily Wire people? Makes you think they don't they they run from controversy? <laughs> no. What way. exactly is it about this group that makes you think they'd say, "Oh, I don't want people to write bad things about me"? <laughs> no. By the way, Ben and uh, Caleb and I were all attending to some business in Florida during Matt Walsh's huge event last week at the Capitol here in Nashville, where he led a rally of 3,000 people in opposition to child mutilation at Vanderbilt and other medical facilities around the country. They call it gender-affirming care, but that's uh, quite a misnomer. Uh, mm -mm. We weren't at that, which is one of the biggest events that any Daily Wire host has ever put on. Were we afraid to be seen standing up for the biological integrity of you know, prepubescent children? No, of course not. It's, we're a big company. Um, we have our, our hosts are, you know, quite successful at this point. It's very rare that we're all able to be in the same place at the same time. And I, I 100% would have been at Candace's premiere knowing that Ye was going to be there uh, if I had been in the country. Again, if I had known all the things that I knew seven, 10 days later, uh, I still would have been there, but maybe Ye wouldn't have been. Mm. All right. So let's just go through it quickly before we wrap up. Candace is not getting fired. No, Candace is not getting fired because Candace is not an anti-Semite. Candace is not out there engaging in wanton anti-Semitism. And Ben is comfortable with what he has said publicly on this and doesn't need a redo on anything. No, of course not. Ben says what he thinks. And he has said he disagrees vehemently with Candace. He said that agreement with Ben Shapiro isn't the prerequisite for work here. And anyone who says, so you're saying that we can all just agree to disagree about anti-Semitism? No, of course not. If Candace had said the things that Kanye West has said, we would have fired her. She hasn't. 
because whereas Kanye West is an anti-Semite, Candace Owens is not. Mm. The other thing Ben said early on was you can't treat Kanye the same as you treat Ilan Omar, somebody who's an elected representative who says these things publicly, who's working in the U.S. Congress. Kanye, we don't know. I mean, it's becoming more and more clear now, but we don't we don't really know what his mental state is right now. We know he suffers from bipolar disorder that can bring up paranoid delusions. I don't know what his mental state is at the moment, but Ben has been trying to make the point like I actually don't know. So I'm not going to treat him the exact same way I would treat Ilan Omar. I mean, do you think he still feels that way? Yeah, well, I, I think we all know more about what Kanye actually thinks now than we did at the beginning, including Ben. Um, and uh, but I also think there's only one person on Earth who doesn't know that Ye West is struggling from um, some sort of mental challenge right now, and that's Ye West. Mm. Yeah, this is why I have a real problem with people continuing to put him on. I mean, mm. I my team asked me if I wanted them to reach out to him for an interview, and I said, I don't. I, I feel uncomfortable about it. If he's in the midst of some sort of a mental health episode, I, it's not responsible to put him on. It's taking advantage of him. Yeah. Um, and if he's not, why why do I want to platform all of those views? And just so I can look like a tough guy by challenging them. That's about me. That's about ego and just stoking ratings at, you know, just just right. to sort of get these anti-Semitic views out there more. I'm either way I'm against it. Um, so I, I really hope people stop interviewing him. He's said all he has to say. He's made his positions clear and uh, he can he's find another way to make his views known. Yeah, he's been given the opportunity to clarify and he's clarified. Mm, he has. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I'm sorry that this has turned into any sort of a controversy for you guys because you're extremely important uh, as a media uh, source in our in our culture wars and in our just news and information, just setting records straight and so on. So I hope people will move past this like I already had. And let's get back to business. Thank you very much. Great to see you, Jeremy. All right. Coming up, Robert Cahaley is here. He's going to talk about the last the latest poll that just came out on Oz Fetterman for the first time showing a Dr. Oz lead. What does he think and what are his predictions? That's next. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Our next guest is Robert Cahaley, chief pollster for the Trafalgar Group. He was one of the few who correctly predicted a Trump victory during the 2016 election. And every other pollster said he's a lunatic. Don't listen to that loser. He's the only one who got it right. How do you like that? He joins us now to discuss the key Pennsylvania Senate race, upcoming midterms overall, and what pollsters may be getting wrong yet again. Welcome back to the show, Robert. Great to have you. It's awesome to be here. Thank you. Uh, it's so funny to go down memory lane with you and, and talk about all the things you got right when people are looking at you like, who is this guy? I never heard of him. Don't listen to Trafal, Trafu, to who? Exactly. You nailed it. All right. So let's kick it off with the, the poll that just dropped. 
um, in Pennsylvania. Insider Advantage is the polling operation. Uh, polled 750 likely voters. That's good. It has to be likely at this point. And it's showing Oz plus three. Oz plus three. I, you tell me, I've, I've never seen Oz lead in a single poll prior to this one. Well, first of all, Insider Advantage is Matt Towery. Uh, he's the one that, uh, for those of you who follow it, uh, is usually on the Hannity show with me. Uh, he's one of the few pollsters that if I don't do it and Matt does it, I feel good about it. Uh, Matt does exceptional work. Uh, he has a very, very, very low error rate. And, um, you know, we had it virtually even the last time we polled it. So, and that was before the debate. So it doesn't shock me. Uh, Oz kind of, you know, had the fundamentals of a candidate who could exceed, uh, you know, coming first. There were some things that he had going for him that were really strong. Uh, one of them, of course, was the his percentage of the black vote was just tremendous. Uh, highest percentage of black women uh, of any Republican we found in the country. Wow. And um, so that doesn't surprise me that he had to win over some skeptics. His, his problem was more about likability than anything. Mm. And, I, and I think the way he handled the debate and the fact that, that he, he wasn't mean and aggressive and just trying to keep it about the issues uh, served him well on the personality scale, which is the place he had to win over people. I like Oz. I like him as a person. Uh, I know him a little bit, but I can see how you could find him slick in watching him, you know, from your couch at home in Pennsylvania. He, he's a little slick and politicians who are slick can be a little, mm, even if they wind up being the more articulate, the more substantive and so on. I think that's worked to Fetterman's advantage prior now. What we saw on the stage the other night, maybe a little slick still, but the other guy was, you know, non-compass mentis. I don't, he was not. <laughs> we have no idea what the extent of the stroke damage is. All we can see is it's bad. It's bad. And as I was saying the other day, they've misled us. They've tried to perpetrate a fraud on us by telling us there's almost no damage on Fetterman. And then the big reveal came, you know, 10 days plus before the election where we can see, oh, no, there's serious damage. Well, and what was fascinating about that is, you know, just you you kind of think about, you know, whether it's historical portrayals or just the kind of things you run into every day. People that are a little slow tend to be good when they're telling the truth, but tend not to be very good when they're having to elaborate or lie. And on the questions when he would really have to be clever and come up with a lie, like, did you ever oppose fracking? that's when you saw his inability. Mm. He could, on the stuff where he could say, tell the truth, he was fine. But on the stuff where he had to hide his position and cleverly word it, he, he was falling. So he that's literally could point. not be as evasive as he needed to be on the stuff where he's vulnerable. And he, here's what the, uh, the poll shows. They asked who won the debate and 53.6% said Oz won it. Just 20.5% said Fetterman won it. 25.9% were undecided. I assume those are Democrats who just don't want to admit reality. Um, and they're showing now that uh, just a couple of interesting things. Oz holds a 2.7 point lead over Fetterman. Um, totally to in total, he holds a two point lead with white voters. He holds um, a lead amongst the 18 to 39 year olds. He has a 14 point lead with the 40 to 64 year olds. And he's pulling in nearly two thirds of independent voters, 65.9%. But um, what happens at the top of the ticket in Pennsylvania matters for Oz. 
And you tell me whether that's going to wind up sinking him because the Democrat is heavily favored. Yeah, yeah, the, the governor's right there. And that's what I've, I've literally been saying for weeks is that if Mastriano had received half the support that any Republican nominee gets, Mastriano would be within four or five of winning and Oz would be winning. Mm-hmm. But to receive so little support is actually hurting Oz. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Ticket splitting is is one thing. It really just kind of depends on how they structure their ballot. Uh, I'm not sure what the answer is in Pennsylvania. A lot of states pick your federal races first. So it might be oh. that, you know, the governor's race is after when they vote on the Senate race. It's not top uh, of the ticket. Yeah, it might be, you know, it, it just depends on how, how they structure their, their ballots. But I think it is, it is damaging. But what we are going to see is, and most of these polls... Shapiro is at 50, 48. He's not at like 52 or 53. And if there is somebody out there right now with a kind of a hidden chavo, it's Mastriano. Wow. The grassroots uh, around him are very, very engaged. So, again, I don't see Mastriano at this point winning, but I think he's going to close a lot of shock people. And if he closes as well as I think he can close, Oz probably will be okay. I mean, if if Mastriano wins that governor's race in Pennsylvania, I I'm going to fall out of this seat right here. If that happens, it's like every single piece of press about the Mastriano has been bad. He's been way behind in all the polls, as you say, very little support. That will mean that will mean very good things for Republicans on a national level if that happens. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, go ahead. That, that there's that is a great bellwether. Yeah. If, if that guy goes into this thing uh, leading big. But, I mean, there is no denying the size of crowds that show up at Mastriano events. The people that have been to Pennsylvania, uh, I hear it all the time. They're just saying it's, it, it's, un, it remi- it's, bigger, it's bigger than anything they've seen outside of a Trump campaign. Mm. Okay, let's talk about Georgia uh, for a minute, because that's the other one a lot of people are watching. Kemp seems well positioned to win over Stacey Abrams, who hasn't been able to get anything going. And in the Georgia Senate race, still... Even under your polls, Raphael Warnack, the Democrat, is leading by 1.5. Hit the Real Clear Politics average has him leading by 0.5. Yeah, so, our news poll has him up by two and a half, actually. Oh, it does. Okay, I'm sorry, I don't have that. Oh, the, yeah, well, okay. But so that's you're part showing of the Real Clear Politics average. You're showing Warnock up. Uh, yeah, Warnock up point. No, no. Our most recent poll showed Walker up uh, 2.4, and Real Clear rounded that to two. Uh, after the debate, Landmark showed it at even, and I believe there was Rasmussen yesterday that shows it five up for Walker. Oh, wow. So the averages moved down to just Warnock by 0.5 because the last three polls since the debate have been so good. Okay. Now, there's some pre-debate polls that were that were bad, but those everything since the debate has been very good for Walker. That's amazing. So the the debate in that case actually did make a difference. And I think what we can glean is all the things that they're throwing at Herschel Walker, you know, the women, the abortion, all that stuff either hasn't hurt him or maybe helped him. Well, it, it hurt him initially with some of the early accusations. But, you know, the public is wise and they they got to the point that when they see stuff coming in October, in November and late October that you had the whole last year to talk about, 
they're a little skeptical. Mm. And, you know, to see uh, Gloria Allred and all that stuff out there, just you start thinking, I remember this. How? Oh, yeah, this happened to Rick Kavanaugh. Yeah, and I've seen this show before. Away as soon as he got in, because it wasn't real. And so the skepticism really uh, is high. And and there there comes a point, I mean, for whatever's worth, Trump has set a new standard for what you can be accused of and when. <sighs> and um, we're not going backwards. It's just that's the okay, way so politics is. We're not going backwards. We're a long way from people wanting to disqualify Clinton for, for inhaling or not inhaling. Mm-hmm. Or Gary Hart for having an affair outside of his yes. marriage and so Love on. And I remember those days. Um, let's talk about the numbers, because right now the polls are trending Republican. And, you know, we're, we're closing now. We're, we're in the last little stretch. What I read is that historically those last two weeks before the actual vote tend to build momentum for the party out of power. Do you think that's true in this race, even though we've had about four steady weeks of Republican momentum? I mean, basically since mid-September. Well, I would argue that, and as you can see, our numbers have been much more consistent. Uh, the Republicans have been tightening these races uh, since, their, since the nominations were over. I, I think, I mean, I'm very skeptical of the mainstream um, media and some of the polling that goes on there. And some of the agendas, because you have to ask a question, what's the purpose of a poll? Is it to reflect the electorate or is it to affect the electorate? Because if it's to affect the electorate, then it makes sense that all these guys who keep getting it wrong still have jobs. But if it was to reflect the electorate, why haven't all these groups that have an error rate of over five in 2020 been fired? It doesn't make any sense. So you got to wonder, are they doing the job they're supposed to? which is an agenda, or they're doing the job they're supposed to of accuracy, and we know they're, not, they're failing on accuracy. So I think what's happening is the reason, and you, you said you were very smart to say at the very beginning that these are likely voters. We spent the entire uh, September and August with nonsense polls that were based on registered voters that you, you know yourself, that is a way to skew it toward the other side. Yeah, that's right. And I don't think that was accidental. I think that it was about helping the other side raise money and helping them look strong. But the fact is, it's kind of like a party that you throw when your parents are out of town. Mom and dad are coming home. The house got to be cleaned up. And these guys know election day and the reckoning is coming. And they don't want to look like they did last time. So they're, they're starting to get a little more real every day. And as they get more real, guess what happens? They get closer to where we've been all along. But you still say these polls are probably underestimating the Republican support. Absolutely. I believe this. even even more so than 16 and 20. Why? Yes. Well, one, in 16, you were just deplorable. In 20, you could be canceled and you were racist if you disagree with anything. In 22, you're a threat to democracy. I mean, after that speech where he basically said, if you are a MAGA supporter, that you're, you know, what's wrong with the country? a lot of folks just got really nervous and they're seeing stories like the FBI involved with Facebook and, and monitoring stuff. And that, you know, they're hearing things in the news about the banks being told about the government to keep track of gun purchases. And I mean, and so what they say to me is, don't you think that the governor government's monitoring who says that they're for MAGA candidates making a list? I mean, they tell me it's like, you don't even know they're doing it. Like, I'm naive mm-hmm. and don't know this is happening mm-hmm. and that they're all keeping track. And so, and, you know, here's the point. It doesn't 
matter whether the conspiracy is right or wrong. Um, cause and the people, if it's in the people's minds and affects how they vote, you have to think about it. And I think there are a lot of people who believe to answer a poll puts you on a list as being for MAGA. And so people who in the past would have put a sign in the yard or bump sticker on their car, posted on social media, um, are taking polls. They're un- I mean, that's why I call them submerged. They, they, they aren't hidden. They aren't shy. They're submerged. They are underwater. They, they're below periscope depth. They're not coming up. You could live right next door to a MAGA voter. You never know it. Mm, um, but, so but they're coming out because they're, they're not getting to do anything else. They're not getting to wave their flags or whatever. So they're coming out. That's the only way to scratch this itch, and they've got a big itch. So and they're coming to vote. And I think everybody will underestimate the Republican turnout, including us. Wow. Even even you couldn't get at them. And you've got the best polling methods in the business, keeping the questionnaire short, trying to ask questions that were you don't have to say, what do you think, Ms. Kelly? You say, what, how's your neighbor likely to vote? And I, I project all my views onto the neighbor because I feel comfortable telling you what they think. But it's really what all I right. think. And all so of our election d- methods, I mean, whether it's I mean, we let people, you know, text uh, polls and our text polls are different than most of them. People click links on others. Ours go back and forth. They're much easier to take, and you don't have to worry about some random okay. link. All and right, so I, I only have one minute left, and I got to yep. get to your predictions. Uh, what are you predicting now in, in the House and the Senate? Uh, I hate to predict it 10 days out because Lord knows it's going to happen on the national stage, but I would say if the election were next Tuesday, I would expect the Republicans to win uh, north of 25, maybe 30 uh, House seat pickup, and uh, the Republicans to win the Senate. Uh, by at least, at least win the Senate with 51 and a Georgia runoff uh, that can get them 52 or better. And I expect mm. if another week after next week, it could be better. How how high could it go? Just, you know, just for kicks. How high the, could it go? Uh, here's the thing. If the, again, this is not my prediction, but if the wave were as big as I think it could be, you could be talking 55 seats. Wow. What a difference a couple of months make. This was not the prediction over the summer by virtually anybody, um, though it's always been a more favorable environment for the GOP. Such a pleasure, Robert. Thank you so much for all the great work you do. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Always been a big fan. It's an honor to be here. Thank you. Let's do it again soon. And remember, folks, you can find The Megyn Kelly Show live on SiriusXM Triumph Channel 111 every weekday at noon east and the full video show and clips by subscribing to our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com slash Megyn Kelly. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Once in the spotlight as contestants in the Miss USA pageant, 
Two friends are now taking the stage and demanding to be heard on parents' rights. Carrie Prejean Bowler and Britt Mayer have gained national attention in the last couple of weeks for speaking out about a Halloween event featuring a, quote, family-friendly drag show. (laughs) All right, I'm going to bring the ladies in in one second to discuss the latest on that. Stand by, though, because I do want to get to you some breaking news before I bring in our guests. The breaking news has to do with an attack on the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. His name is Paul Pelosi. He's 82. You recall he had an incident with a uh, drunk driving uh, incident a couple months ago. Well, early Friday, we're now learning at their home in San Francisco, according to a a Pelosi family statement, Paul Pelosi was, quote, violently assaulted. They say he is expected to make a full recovery. But two sources familiar with the matter tell ABC News that his injuries are, quote, significant. The suspect is in custody. We know nothing about him or her. ABC News reports that this person was armed with a hammer and allegedly entered the house through a sliding glass door. They report that the break-in is suspected to be targeted. Again, this is just citing sources. I have no idea who uh, or, you know, exactly who ABC News talked to. But they say that the individual was apparently looking for the House Speaker herself. CNN separately reporting that the assailant shouted, where is Nancy before the attack? according to, quote, a source briefed on the attack to CNN. All right, be careful, because this is one source, I'm anonymous, to CNN. These things, you know, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. Uh, Nancy Pelosi was in Washington, D.C., unclear whether there was a law enforcement presence at the couple's San Francisco home at the time. Motive is under investigation. Senator Chuck Schumer said in a statement, what happened to Paul Pelosi is a dastardly act. Senator Mitch McConnell, Republican, the minority leader, tweeting, he's horrified and disgusted by this attack, adding grateful to hear that Paul is on track to make a full recovery, as is, I'm sure, everyone hearing about this. This is horrible. Can't imagine the terror in having someone break into your home and attack you um, with a hammer, allegedly. So we'll learn more about this in the days to come and uh, what the potential motivation was. I, I cannot help but wonder whether the reaction to this will be different from the reaction when a man showed up near um, Brett Kavanaugh's house intending on assassinating him. I really, I would like to see. Um, Are we going to change security provisions now for these folks in office, whether it's the Supreme Court or the House Speaker? Are they going to be more concerned now that, you know, it's Paul Pelosi? I, I really worry about this because he shouldn't be in danger and Brett Kavanaugh shouldn't be in danger either. And we need to take se- security and, and safety seriously for all these folks, whether they're Democrats or Republicans. We'll see where this goes. But best, best wishes to him for a full recovery. In the meantime, I want to get to my guests and we're going to talk about the latest on the family friendly drag show that they stood up to and said, oh, no, not to mention their experiences in the pageant world, which for Carrie wound up becoming national news for weeks on end. Carrie and Britt, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. It, it's Gosh, great thank to you have so much you for here. having us, Megan. Oh, it's my pleasure. I've got to tell you. So we saw this viral video, Britt, of you standing up at this event. And I'm like, who is this wonderful woman? I need to know her. Like, I, I loved everything you said. I was like, you go, girl. I was cheering you on from my, <laughs> you know, just looking at my phone in my house. And then my team, I'm like, we, we got to try to book her. So my team looks into it and they're like, oh, my God, Carrie Prejean is there, too. And of course, I remembered <laughs> your name. I covered the whole thing with, you know, the Miss USA and all that. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. So then they show me your clip. 
I'm like, is, is everyone in this area of California incredibly articulate, gorgeous, fierce, fiery? <laughs> We've got to have these ladies on. I need to know them more. We run so, in good company. <laughs> I can see that. Now that I find out you met in the pageant world, some of it is starting to come together. Makes sense for me. But I love, love, love that you are now just mom advocates out there fighting the good fight for your children and other people's children and insisting that other people pay attention and try to join the fight too. So let me start with you on this, Britt. When we saw this video, and, and I'll play a little bit of it so people can see, I want to ask you, um, like, what what got you so fired? Like, what was the issue before I before I play the clip? What was the issue that got you so fired up? Well, we found out that uh, this school district had approved invitations for a boo bash. They were they were uh, advertising it as the queerest boo bash family friendly event in San Diego. And Carrie texts me. She's like, hey, have you seen this? And then I start getting texts from other girlfriends too. Carrie is a pit bull. So she's like, we, we got to do something about this. This is this is crazy. And so we start digging into it. And um, lo and behold, what really fired us up is that this was not only approved by a school district um, to be all, all Encinitas was invited to it as this family friendly event. But when you actually started to drill down into the boobash and the drag show, the partnerships came to light and it was incredibly concerning. So that's what fired us up is we saw that um, this this boobash was partnered and sponsored by a gender reassignment clinic, which is there mm. any such thing as gender reassigning? I mean, mm -hmm. I, let's talk science. There's it's I hate using that term because you can't reassign gender, but it's sponsored by a mutilation clinic up in San Francisco. And their website is full of videos that are, you know, it's all for profit, but the videos are just advertising that they'll cut off penises and uh, healthy breasts. And even in their top surgery uh, video, they talk about how this is a great way if you're going through puberty and you're not comfortable in your body, then we can just take care of that by cutting off your breasts. And so that was the first one that was shocking. And then the next partnership we saw was um, a, a, I don't even want to, I don't even want to promote the club, but it's a gay 21 plus nightclub down in San Diego. And if you go through their social media, I'm shocked that they haven't been taken down because it's just completely pornographic, very evil. So Carrie and I start talking, how in the world is a 21 plus gay nightclub in San Diego hooking up with a gender reassignment clinic up in San Francisco and throwing an event that's marketed to children advertised through a school district? The whole thing just, it reeks. And it's so Carrie and I question. said, we're going to do something about it. And what mm -hmm. age group are we talking about? When we talk about school children, what age group? Elementary, tiny, tiny little kids. All right, stand by because I want to get carried away in too. But let me show the audience a little bit of um, both of you at this Encinitas board meeting on October 11th. I just want to know what it is uh, that makes a drag show family friendly. Because if you follow it to its logical conclusion, you can slap family friendly titles on anything. You can have family friendly gentlemen's clubs, family friendly strip shows, family friendly Fifty Shades of Grey read alouds. Will you approve my flyer if I want to host in all the sex secrets of the Kama Sutra for kids and families, if it's family friendly? That's my question. Wow. Uh, what is it about a grown man? And I honestly, sincerely, as a woman, mean this. What is it about a grown man costumed in a sparkly bra with augmented boobs busting out, a leather miniskirt barely covering his twerking ass with tuck tape on his front while spreading his fish netted legs as he rises on the ground? 
grinding his groin next to a minor, family friendly. You owe us an answer. I warned you. In fact, I promised you guys that I would campaign against you, I'd fundraise against you, and make sure that none of you ever served in this public space ever again. And that's why we're here tonight. Mm. You have failed our children. Mm. You, in a normal world, would be criminalized for your behavior. And for you to send out this boobash is disgusting that you're promoting this. Mm. Fierce and dead on. So, Carrie, the the way it was working was it wasn't like the school was creating the boobash, but they were promoting your children's attendance at it, notwithstanding who was sponsoring it and what was expected to happen there. Correct. Correct. It's so good to see you, Megan. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, And thank you, Brittany. She is just a fierce patriot. And I'm so thankful for her and our friendship, our 20 year year friendship together. Um, Yeah, it was very unfortunate, Megan, that uh, I got word of this boobash. And I thought there has to be a mistake. There's no way that a school district here in San Diego, California, would actually be promoting such a um, inappropriate event for five-year-olds through 11-year-olds. And so I I had to do something about it. And so I sent it out to most of my friends here in the area. And then I said, we need to show up at this board meeting. We need to show up and make our voices loud and clear. Um, So we did a little investigating before we did this board meeting. And we realized that it was from a third-party organization called Peach Jar. And that's how the district gets a word of any community events. And so Peach Jar is very specific on, and the school district is very specific on the things that they can approve in order to be sent out to the parents, thousands of parents in the district. And so we found out that they actually violated their own policy. Um, They're very strict. It cannot be lewd, obscene. It cannot be controversial, political. It cannot take, you know, one side without showing the other side. It definitely cannot have alcohol involved. So it's violating its own policies on many different fronts. And so I said, we have to do something about this. And so I wanted to confront the school board and get answers from them. And they were not willing to speak to us. Um, In fact, they didn't even want to apologize for it, unfortunately. So they didn't respond when you got you guys got up there and you did your thing. They didn't try to defend themselves. I said, we want to give you this opportunity. Please respond right now. And none of them would respond. They wanted to shrink back in their seats like cowards like they are and not respond to the parents who they represent. Who were the parents? You can hear some of the parents like, oh, tisk, tisking the information that you were delivering in your in your, you know, the, your remarks. Were the parents with you? I mean, were, were some people learning about this for the first time? There was you couldn't even walk into that room. You couldn't even walk into the board meeting. I mean, Britt was there. We we saw parents come from all over this county. We see, we even had someone come from out of state to protest this they are outraged. There is a huge movement of mama bears that are protecting our cubs and saying, listen, this is not anti-LGBT. This is anti-sexualization of our kids. We don't want it. We don't want strip clubs with straight white you know, women. This is not yeah. a race thing. We don't want drag shows. Okay. We don't want strip shows. We don't want drag shows. They're trying to paint us as racist, homophobic, you know, the same old typical um, yeah, like we want to know what's really what's really interesting is that you asked about the people that were there, and by and large, the it was a standing room only, overflowing into the parking lot, and uh, the people that came out were so angry 
about what is happening in our schools and that the target has been drawn so heavily on our kids. And there were a few who showed up to defend the the board and the school district. But um, what's really interesting is that not a single adult who stood up in defense of this boobash and the decision with the district to support this and to invite everyone, not a single adult who stood up in defense mentioned the drag show. They couldn't even defend the drag show. Isn't that interesting? All they could do was go to love, inclusivity, that Mm -hmm. this is how we create a really caring community. Um, How dare you attack a school board? This is all about being inclusive to diverse students and diverse communities. Not a single one addressed. The whole reason we were there was that you are hypersexualizing our children and you're acting as activist pimps and not a single adult who stood up in defense could even touch that topic. Mm-hmm. Of course. Now, and How what you, you were saying that? was so persuasive when you were making the point about you can slap the family friendly label on anything that doesn't save you. You know, like you point out, you can call anything family friendly. The, the labeling doesn't take away any of the sting when your six year old shows up and somebody's gyrating his genitals in front of his face while wearing a skirt. Most right. of us choose not to put our kids in that circumstance. And you certainly don't want the school endorsing it. Right. Right. And now the school district is doubling down. The show will go on and they have not done anything to stand up against this, the sexualization of our kids. And they're not even apologizing to us parents. In fact, they're colluding. We found through public records that they are colluding with principals and uh, teachers in the district that are calling us parents homophobes, spelled H-O-M-E, mocking stay-at-home moms. I mean, it's just disgusting what they're doing. And their job is to protect our kids. And instead, they're harming our kids and endorsing this. Why hasn't one parent or one teacher or one admin in the school district said, hey, we hear you, we understand, and we don't want this either? Not one of them has done that. So they, as I understand it now, they've got a GoFundMe for this trans organization. They're saying, oh, we expect a tax. We expect a tax now at this event, and therefore we need to raise a bunch of money to uh, because, quote, given the polarizing rhetoric and some specific abhorrent behavior toward our community. Therefore, it's necessary for this group to raise fifteen thousand dollars to increase its security presence at this daytime family gathering. They claim it's it's cost almost ten thousand dollars so far. I mean, you would think it, given the school like the school, it might dawn on them. If we're at the point now where they're worried about hiring security guards. People are this upset over this might not be something we should encourage our, our parent body to take their young children to. Right. But they every, won't because in the name oh, of trans tra- trans rights. Go ahead. Brett. Yeah. Well, every single politician in the area and that goes I don't care how low on the school board you are up to being a county representative should have come out swinging against this. And instead, do you want to know what happened in San Diego? One of our representatives for board count, the county board, they came out saying that we are bigots, that we're being non-inclusive. And they posted this publicly on Twitter and said that they will be at Boobash taking their three year old child. So we're up against a diabolical wave of evil out here in California, but it's not staying here. This is going to spread. This is going to spread all over the nation. This isn't limited to San Diego, California, but no, you're right. It's, it's so disgusting that rather than say, Hey, we're going to call this off. You're right. You uncovered that this is being put on by a gender reassignment center and a 21 plus gay nightclub. 
the invitation should have never gone out to children. We are going to denounce it and say, we recommend children not come. Every single sponsor should have pulled out their invitation to children and every politician should have denounced it. Silence, complete crickets. Instead, they want to raise funds to secure themselves against attacks. Now, all of a sudden, Megan, they're the victims. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, of course, which have, uh, they're, they're very happy with. That's the yeah. that's the role they're most comfortable with. Yeah, they so, want to protect you, themselves, but we're not allowed to protect our children. Right. Of course. So this is I'm going to guess this is not the first time the school has done something that has <laughs> rattled your cages because I can I'm getting a general feel for both of you. And I wondered, <laughs> because since I've also been fighting these fights here, you know, in, in New York City, what is I, what are the politics in your in your school district? And do you think the other like what are what are some of the other things that you've gone through? And are, do you feel like the parent body is on your side? Yeah, you I do. Um... I think that after seeing this outrage of parents on both sides of the aisle, this is not Democrat versus Republican. This is good versus evil. And I think people on both sides are seeing that the hypersexualization of our children is not okay. You can be as far right or far left and come to the agreement on that, that we should not be sexualizing our kids. I said in the school board meeting, would you affirm a little girl who has an eating disorder by by advocating for her to go get liposuction? I don't think so. This is a mental illness and we need to stop affirming it. We have kids now that are coming out as furries. They're coming out as animals. When are we gonna draw the line and when are we gonna say enough is enough? If we really care about our children, we're gonna stand up. And so, yeah, we have three candidates running for the board right now. Andre Johnson, Justin Reed, and Thomas Angel, and we pray to God that they get in the office and flip this school board. This is big, this furry thing. I mean, this is actually really deeply disturbing. It's happening more and more with children. Oh, it's happening with adults. Um, I was in a a pet store getting stuff from my dogs, and there was a young woman in there with, she's like 16, with her dad, and they were having an argument because he said, I, I already got you the leash. I'm not going to get you the collar. It's going to be inappropriate. And she said, but oh dad, you know, I identify as a furry. I no. mean, this is like open now. Like the dad's buying her, you know, he's drawing the line at the collar or the leash, whichever it was. Like the more and more you're hearing about kids in particular, identifying as furries. I've told the story before. Um, I, I know somebody who has a good friend who runs a corporation. He hired a young woman and the young woman was normal. No problems in the interview. She was kind of a star. She shows up the first day and says, I identify as a tiger. He's like, what? She's got to wear the little ears and the little tiger tail. And everyone needs to be respectful of her identity as a tiger. Now, this is not gender identity. And I would say as a lawyer, you as an employer do not need to recognize this or do anything other than tell her, put on your normal clothes or you're fired. You're so that this is not a protected class, Mm -hmm. but we're so crazy about bending over backwards to support this nonsense. We're letting kids do that. Like it's becoming bigoted to say no to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, we're taking we're removing all the boundaries. But then we're also like, have you heard about what's going on in school libraries, the books that are being put in to these libraries? You have all these books that are targeting three to six year olds, which is right when kids are starting to figure it out. It's targeting three to six year olds and telling them you get to choose if you're a boy or a girl or maybe you're fluid or um, if you don't feel like a boy today and you want to put on a dress, you're a girl and that's okay. I mean, this ideology is coming in so hard and so fast at our kids. And at the same time, 
we're taking the train track apart. I, I mean, we're headed for complete destruction mm-hmm. and it's affecting our, our kids. And that's why we have, I, I have a friend too, Megan, who, um, she was just telling me the other day, cause I didn't know about all this furry stuff until recently. I'm like, Oh my gosh, what's going on now? We have furries. She tells me that, um, one of the kids at her son's schools and her, her son is in eighth grade at his school, this, um, this child identifies as a raccoon and runs around making havoc where he knocks over trash cans and he'll claw things and the school can't do anything about it because he identifies as a raccoon. (laughs) And I I just, I I, I mean, I laugh, but it's like, if you don't laugh, you're going to cry. And then you better start to talk really loud. Didn't you go through a phase? I I, I one day announced to my parents, my name was going to be Taffy and Taffy and the witch. And I wasn't going to respond to any other names. Didn't make me a witch. Had a fun with it for a day. Mm -hmm. No one changed anything about me. Kids go through these imaginative periods. Nothing changes at school. It doesn't say anything about their identity. We're the crazy ones. Yeah, it's so sick and twisted. I was a super tomboy when I was growing up. And thank God I didn't have whack job parents that just said, okay, yeah, let's transition you. I mean, this is this is irreversible damage that is being done to our kids. And it's what all in the name of equality? No, this is not about equality. If we really care about our children, we're going to protect them. Like I said earlier, if my daughter had an eating disorder, I wouldn't affirm her. I would say, we need to get you help, honey. This yeah. is this is madness. This is this yeah. is insanity. And I All saw right, this ha- coming a long time ago when I stood mm-hmm. up at that pageant. I saw I saw you very did. Clearly where you where are you going to draw the line? If love is love, where do you draw the line? What if I love my dog? Can I marry my dog? Oh, what boy. if I love both a man and a woman? Can I marry both? Can polygamy mm-hmm. come back? Where mm-hmm. do you draw the line? And there are, that's the thing is like, there are no bound, we're taking all the boundaries out. When uh, you look at the, I don't even know how to say it anymore. LGQBT, I don't even know. So many, there's all the letters so in the letters. alphabet. I don't know. Uh, but there's a plus right at the end. It's mm. like, what, what hides underneath that plus? <laughs> mm. That's just well, open-ended. Yeah. What's, what's hiding next? under there? What? Yeah, what is next? That's why what is it's not good. Is it but that's why be, like the, the, the gay community is like, we don't need to be lumped in with the pluses. We don't need like lesbians and gays are like, what, these are not our issues. We fought our battles. We've won them. Like this yeah. is, it, they should get rid of LG. It should just be, mm-hmm. and I don't know about B, but it should be TQ, <laughs> well, Two Spirit, lot, whatever. Because <laughs> gays Against Groomers has totally come to our defense. In fact, they yeah. came to the school board meeting and spoke and said, yeah. this is hurting the gay community, like they've Mm -hmm. hijacked our community and our movement. And and this is not okay. It's making them look bad when, you know, in reality, it's not them that's pushing this. This is the whole trans movement that we are seeing being pushed on our children. Why do you want to have a drag show in front of the gays? We're never trying to sexualize our kids. The the, the gays were like, we want equal rights and we, you know, all that. But like they weren't trying to push all this weird sexualization Mm -hmm. stuff. That's like the very woke left. And yes, this these trans activists who I don't think represent the trans community. But the other thing is you get called a bigot if you object to one of these trans women trying to say, Mm -hmm. I'm the first this, the first that Rachel Levine in HHS, the first female admiral to hold this role in H. No, you're not. You lived 56 years as a man. You transitioned 10 years ago. You went to med school as a man, took advantage of all the things that men got back in that day for 
almost six decades, then switch teams, and now you want credit for being the first woman too? Well, no, you don't get it. And that's happening right now in your old industry. As I understand it, a trans woman just bought the Miss Universe pageant, and they are literally calling her, it's a man um, who's now dressing as a woman. They're calling Mm -hmm. this person the first woman ever to own Miss Universe. What do you make of it? Ugh, it makes me so angry thinking about the future that's being carved out for our kids. And, you know, I, I kind of backed out of all the pageant stuff after I was Miss California. I was first runner up at Miss USA and um, I saw the industry for what it was and I didn't like what I saw. So I really backed out of the spotlight. And then Carrie was a couple years after me that she was Miss California and first runner up at Miss USA. And um, <laughs> but I still hold like a special place in my heart for what I accomplished in that and that it was a road to. Uh, college scholarships and learning how to speak publicly and learning how to dress and how to act like a woman. And I valued that, you know, I came from a super, super poor family. And I knew that if I was going to have any advantage going forward, I was going to need to have to figure out how I was going to get to college. And so that was my journey. Um, it was through Miss U- the Miss Universe pageant system. So I still hold that dear to me. And when this news broke yesterday, I um, I mean, Carrie and I were on the phone just so, so sad for what's happening to women after centuries of progress of elevating women that now we're watching, uh, we're watching our womanhood be erased and that we can never be a good enough woman to be better than a man. Like a man's going to be a better woman than we can be even to a beauty pageant, like in a beauty pageant that now, you know, Miss Spain, she, in 2019, he, it was a man who won Miss Spain. Oh my and God. now you have a transgender man who is buying the whole Miss Universe pageant, which has always been about elevating women and giving them a chance. And you have a transgender man, man buy this pageant. And you it's a biological man, a biological man who's a trans. Women. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> and and I will say, at least in that particular competition, Men don't have an inherent advantage. It's not it's not like, uh, you know, we saw with Leah Thomas in the pool. I would say that the women are still generally much more naturally appealing and beautiful as women than a trans woman would be. But you never know. You never know. They're going to start taking titles away, as you just point out, has happened. Yeah, um, it's just and, such and, an insult. It's just such an insult. It's, an insult. It, it's such an insult to our intelligence, to what it is to be a woman. I mean, we, we can't even define what a woman is. It's so disgusting and disturbing. Yeah. And only the women suffer. You don't see women, you know, trying out for the NFL and taking a man's spot. You don't see a woman beating a man's record. You see women every single day being erased, like Britt said, by men. I don't care what what they want to call themselves. If they want to call mm-hmm. themselves a dog, a cat, whatever, I am not going to affirm their psychological illness that they have. Mm-hmm. This is not a woman. This is a man that wants to pretend he's a woman and now is going to take over the miss. Is that going to be erased? Are we going to just have Mr. Miss Universe? Like mix. it's just such mix. It's, it's, it's insanity. It's going to be the mixed universe pageant soon. Um, I mm. want to get to yeah, but nothing, your... nothing sacred anymore. I think that's what we're seeing, even with this microcosm on a Miss Universe pageant, which who cares? It's a pageant, but it does matter. It does matter. They're going after everything that makes women unique 
and special and gives us an advantage as being women. And that matters for my daughter. It matters for Carrie's daughter and for your daughter. Like what they're doing is death by a thousand cuts. And we, we got to recognize, we got to recognize what's going on. You know, I was reading a provocative piece the other day and I was like, it is provocative, but it's not wrong. It was talking about men, biological men who have the you know, the, the surgery where they cut off their penises and they have somebody build them a vagina. And the point that the author was making up, forgive me, because I can't remember who wrote this, but they were saying it, it's not a vagina. It's a hole. That's what they get built a hole. And so mm-hmm. forgive me, this is graphic, but it, th- yeah. what they do is they reduce being a woman to, I guess, some perverted guys vision of what it means to be a woman, yes. just a hole for a penis so yes. that sex can take place yes. to the pleasure of the man. That's not what a vagina is. Yes. That's not what a female reproductive yes. system is or looks like or is for. And so all of it is so reductive of women, mm-hmm. of actual mm-hmm. women at every turn. Yep. Megan, where are the mm-hmm. feminists? It. Where are the feminists? It. Oh, they're, they're on the other side, right? They're calling they're literally us transphobic right being, now. Yeah. In real time, we're experiencing women every single day be erased completely wiped out. And the feminists are completely silent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But what you just said, Megan is so good. I got chills when you're saying that because that as graphic as it is, that's so important because that's exactly what they're doing. It's characterization. We're, we're becoming cartoons like the drag queens. They don't look like women. It's, I believe, and I'm going to say something that, you know, is controversial, but I, I truly believe that all the drag queen, like this trans transgenderism, making, like you just said, holes on men and calling it a woman is the same thing as what we saw with blackface. Like how, how is it any different? Oh yeah. It's like a woman face. creating women by cartooning them. Right. I don't see how this is any different. So like Carrie just said, where are the feminists? Where are people standing up and saying, this is so disgusting and it's an, it's insult. It's mockery of women. You don't make a hole and call it a vagina. I'm sorry. That's not what it is. You know, it doesn't doesn't make you a woman. If I were to tell you guys that I identify as, you know, African-American, I love the African-American community. I I see myself as African-American and then I go now and I take a a real African-American scholarship. What would Mm. happen if Mm -hmm. I say, oh, it's how I identify. It would never happen. But yet we're allowing this as women, we're allowing men to come, come in our space, in our lane and say, no, 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 I'm going to take your spot. I'm going to shatter your records. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you guys what it's like to be a woman. I'm going to tell you what it's like what girlhood you're, you're 100% is. 100% right. And I've got to get to In- this Dylan mm. Mulvaney. I've been at, mentioning uh. this person on the show a lot because this Dylan Mulvaney just went and interviewed the president of the United States. But because I'll show you a clip of Dylan doing the um, interview with our with our president. But then what I want to talk to you is about what uh, to you about is what came out right after that. Here's Dylan with Joe Biden. Uh, Mr. President, this is my 221st day of publicly transitioning. God and- love you. OK, so Dylan sits there, interviews the president of the United States, and then it comes out that Dylan um, not long ago, Dylan's only been trans for about two minutes. Um, Dylan. <laughs> had a post not long ago talking about how what we really need to do is I'm looking for it here. Embrace the bulge that it sh- yeah. Dylan does didn't feel yes. comfortable. This is a man who's dressing like a woman. Dim- Dylan didn't feel comfortable um, having to run around and taping Dylan's penis down all the time, but loves to wear super tight clothing and really felt that we need a concerted effort to, quote, normalize the bulge on trans 
women like Dylan. In other words, it's it should be normal for you to see somebody who looks like that in a super tight swimsuit with a penis sticking out. And Dylan shouldn't have to feel uncomfortable as Dylan gets stared at by people who are like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, hardcore. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. He is a absolute disgrace. And I think that every minute he gets airtime is just disgusting. I think that his 15 minutes or two minutes of fame mm-hmm. is completely done. Um, it's an insult to all women and shame on Ulta for having two men discuss what girlhood is and womanhood yes. is and motherhood is. They have no mm-hmm. idea. It's it's an insult to women and every woman in America should be out, outraged about this and speaking out about it. If you are not speaking out, you are complicit in this. It's so. Mm-hmm. Can yeah, we just spend a minute on all, that? That, that? That they they use Dylan at Ultra Beauty and some other trans guy. I don't even know if he's trans. He's he's a man with a beard and a long blonde wig. They those two who have never been. I don't know. He says he's he, how can he be cisgender? He looks like a woman. I don't know. Whatever. OK, my, my team's talking to my mayor. The point is no one there had a girlhood. No one on the panel no. had a girlhood. And these people who want to pretend that they that they did, that they understand what it's like to be a woman or what it's like to have been a girl because they they just they dress like us for two minutes are delusional. I was talking to my friend about this. Think about your girlhood. Right. Think about when your breasts developed and we first got your period or in Leah Thomas's case, where you first had to swim in the middle school pool when you had your new period. <laughs> and You didn't understand what the hell. And like every girl who had that <laughs> moment were like they didn't understand the, t- the pad tampon situation, had an embarrassing yes. moment at the school. Yes. All that's just the anatomy stuff. Never mind the yeah. emotional stuff that comes with it. And like yeah. they've never had any of that. Talk to me once you've had to be bloated and your hormones have gone. Like none of it. Yeah. They don't know what it means to be a woman. And that, that's reducing cellulite? us to our Men don't have thing. cellulite and they're allowed to compete at Miss Universe. That is not fair. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. No woman's ass looks like that. No woman. <laughs> oh, I know it's great. And you know what? It's it's celebrating mental illness is yeah. honestly like if we're going to be totally frank, that's what it is. And then we're being told that if we don't call a triangle a square, then we're the crazy ones. It's like, yeah. no, yeah. You, you don't. A triangle is not four sided. You know, it's you. What we are witnessing is complete mental illness being celebrated under the guise of inclusivity. And if we aren't celebrating along with them, then we're the crazy ones and we're the bigots. But I think that it's so far past time that we get beyond the name calling. You know, that's Carrie and I have been living in that for a long time where it's like, call me what you want to call me. I don't care because yeah. the world's falling apart and my daughter is going to be affected. Yeah. And so that's where we're California. at. Just, the name, the name calling is, isn't scary anymore. It's not scary well, you got, enough you, for us to stop talking. You got to be strong because you live in super blue California. And I don't know, San Diego, I think is a little bit more right balanced, but eh. Um, eh. not so much. But we want to show women across this country. Like we're standing up in California. This crap is not going to take place here. So what message does that send to the mom, the single mom in Alabama? This <laughs> we're standing up. What happens here happens everywhere else. And we're seeing that you saw Plano, Texas. I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is going to happen across the across the nation. And so oh, Britt yeah. and I really want to give people hope. We are fighting this here. And I want to give people that are listening encouragement to stand up. The time is now. Now is not the time to retreat. I know you got a little bit of freedom back, but now is not the time to retreat. Now is the time to double down, stand up, fight back, go to the front lines and really push back against this agenda because our kids are suffering. All right. Mm -hmm. I've got to ask you about another piece of the beauty pageant uh, 
world and news breaking today that maybe there's a cheating scandal. I got I got to got to ask you that. And my producer said, please, please ask them for some beauty tips. So come up with one or two because America wants to know. And then we've got to take a quick walk down memory lane, Carrie, with everything that happened to you when you were Miss California and the Miss USA pageants. Like you were in the news all the time. We covered you like every day for a while there. So there's much, much more to discuss. And it's fun. And it's coming up right after this. Thank you, girl, so much for being here. BRB. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. want to tell you there's an update now on the attack on Paul Pelosi. This is from the San Francisco um, police. They say the attack happened at 2.27 a.m. last night, that the suspect is named David DePape, um, that he is from Berkeley, that police arrived and he, David and Paul Pelosi were, quote, both holding a hammer. Sounds like maybe they were struggling over it. The suspect then took the hammer away from Paul Pelosi and attacked him with it. The motive is still being determined. This man's going to be charged with attempted homicide, assault with a deadly weapon, elder abuse, burglary, and several other felonies. Again, this is um, this is the San Francisco Chronicle citing the police there. And again, the suspect is from Berkeley. All sorts of reports about who this guy actually was and um, his history out there on Twitter. We're not going to report any of that yet. It's not confirmed. But if if it's this guy. It's going to be an interesting it's going to be an interesting deconstruction of what drove him there. Um, OK, let's get back to our panelists, two moms and former pageant participants. Carrie Prejean Bowler and Britt Mayer are with me. All right. So you girls mentioned that you were both you both had the same sort of route through the pageant. Both were Miss California. Both wound up first runner up in the Miss USA, you know, national title pageant. And Carrie that you were all over the news because when you were in the pageant, you gave this answer to Perez Hilton. This is 2009. Um, Barack Obama had the same view as you did at the time, but you became super controversial over it. Here it was. Vermont recently became the fourth state to legalize same-sex marriage. Do you think every state should follow suit? Why or why not? Well, I think it's great that Americans are able to choose one or the other. Um, we live in a land that you can choose same-sex marriage or opposite marriage. And you know what? In my country and in, in, in my family, I think that I believe that a marriage should be between a man and a woman. No offense to anybody out there, but that's how I was raised and that's how I think that it should be between a man and a woman. Thank you. First of all, that took guts. Mm -hmm. you, you knew very well what the sort of more PC answer was. And, you know, yeah. you said no offense to anybody. So you could tell you knew that. But you mm -hmm. said what you actually believed and you knew that it could p potentially cost you the crown. Yeah, unfortunately, I knew that my dreams of being Miss USA were completely over at that point, unfortunately. Oh, because there'd been controversy. What do you mean? Just I, I just felt just it was such an inappropriate question to ask, you know, to, to ask these young women who have aspirations oh. to go on and and do such great things. It was so sad to me that um, a gotcha 30 second question 
um, on national television would be, you know, of course, oh, out of all point. people, I would get that. But I, I really believe that God chose me, you know, for that moment because he knew that I was going to say the right thing. And regardless of what you believe, we should all be entitled to have our own opinions. We should never be punished for voicing our own our own beliefs. And that's why at that moment, that gave me the courage to, to as a mother now, oh my gosh, 12 years later, imagine how more fierce I am now um, to stand up for what's right. And nobody will take my voice away. That is a good point. I, I don't, I don't remember talking about it in that way. Like, why would he ask, forgive me for rigid, but like a beauty pageant contestant about gay marriage? Like, you're not because running to man. be president. It was a man. Yeah, it was a man under the under the disguise of, you know, anything LGBT family friendly, you know, with with that equality label slapped on it. Oh, that's fair game. But let's let's yeah, it wasn't a man exploiting a woman for his for his agenda. That's what it well, was. I feel like, look, the question in general, like of a politician and so on back then is very fair. It was a, an, a news item that was being discussed and debated and so on. But it, it never occurred to me to say, like, why would that be the question of a beauty contestant? You know, you're not running to be president. You're not running for Congress. Um, yeah. I don't know. The you're right. Asked, you, what do you look for in a man? Why did I ask? Why did I get asked that? Oh, my <laughs> God. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, That's lucky me. Lucky me. <laughs> oh my. Well, so who cares, right? It's like yeah. you wound up being a national news story because of that. And then it was like, I don't know, you, you get dethroned. I can't remember how it all went yeah. down. Um, but it did occur to me when I saw you up in front of that school board, like she's kind of had a lifetime of this. You really kind of don't give an F <laughs> if people don't no. like what you have to say. You're true to your beliefs. So how did that happen? Like what what are your parents like? How did they raise this strong young woman? Oh, that's so, it's such a great question. And I, oh, I, I'm trying not to get emotional, but you know, growing up, it was not easy. You know, my parents got divorced at a young age and, um, the tabloids like to bring that up and throw their divorce records all over the internet, which was totally embarrassing. Um, huh. but, uh, they got divorced when I was really young and didn't have a, you know, a normal upbringing, I, I would say, but, I'm not a victim. At the end of the day, both of my parents loved me. Both of my parents told me every single day how incredibly smart I was, how I was going places, how God had, you know, a plan for my life. I really believed it and I knew it and I felt it that I was going to do something so big in this world to make the world a better place. And my faith really is what is what I give all the credit to. I mean, God is so good and he used, you know, that little tiny pageant to further my platform. And I really believe like he gives us things that we can say, if, if, if we're going to say yes to it, he gives us a little more and he tests us and he sees, okay, I'm going to give you this task. Are you going to do the right thing? And when you do it, he gives you a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And so I just feel like I'm just so thankful that, that God has just given me this incredible platform as, as now a mom to teach my kids, nothing is more important than staying true to who you are Yes, and yeah. showing grace and, and love and, you know, not being, think about hateful. it. Cause like, like that, that, that's what's so, that's what bothers me is they want to label me as this hateful. I'm anti, you know, gay. And that's totally not the case. I have gay friends. I have, you know, so many people in my life that, that, don't agree with me, you know, but we love one another and we find what we have in common. And so at the end of the day, my parents did a really good job. I will say both of them. My dad just recently Aww. passed away. I miss him so much. Aww. He was so proud of the woman that I, that I am. And I know that he's with me now. Oh, I'm so mm. sorry. Oh, yeah. you know, I, 
I, I think the pageant world is fascinating. You know, it's very interesting to me. I, I had so much fun the other 2018, I think it was, when over in the Miss America pageant, they got rid of the bathing suit competition, which is like, wasn't that the most absurd thing ever? I mean, I, I have, you guys have a much better standing. Because well, they wanted the bulges. They wanted the bulges. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no one is going to watch this. Why don't we just have them compete on, yeah. I don't know, some sophisticated theory of Darwinism? How about they get up there and read some encyclopedic volume? I mean, like, nobody wants to watch the Miss America pageant to begin with. Never mind if you get rid True. of the bathing suit competition. True. And I was proven right. Yeah. Yes. Why don't they, they want to see women that work hard and, and, you know, work hard for their figure? It's it's this. It's inspirational. Yeah, it's you're inspirational. It's like you're like, look okay, at Victoria's Secret. Look at Victoria's Secret. There's obese women now on the cover of Victoria's Secret. I mean, yeah. everything the left touches, they ruined. Mm. Like everything All is right. ruined by the left. And it's just so, so what sad. About, and it's like what about I got I only have a few minutes left, so I want to make sure I get to my things. Um, do we think that there was cheating at the Miss USA? Uh, competition recently. For those who haven't been following it, here's a quick rundown. Uh, Miss Texas was crowned Miss USA in 2022. She walked forward to greet the the crowd. This is from Washington Post and then walked back uh, to the stage. And that is when the other contestants should have greeted her, but they didn't. Many began leaving the stage. This is the first Filipino American to win Miss USA and her fellow contestants were not for it, not because she was Filipino, but because they believed that there was some sort of cheating going on, that the pageant gave her preferential treatment, uh, and that Miss USA's umbrella corporation, Miss Brands, run by Crystal Stewart, uh, that, that they've now been suspended by the Miss Universe organization, that Miss Brands is now being investigated for claims that the pageant outcome was <gasps> fixed. This is exciting and kind of really interesting. I don't know. <laughs> this is so exciting. Surprise. Not surprised. Oh, I will say you think, if Britt? you want to look for drama and controversy, look at the pageant industry. There's always something there. It actually reminds me of when Trump was running. Carrie, do you remember? Uh, like, I remember all the major media organizations reaching out to me because they wanted so bad to find something that yeah. he had done when we were Miss California. Do you remember that? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the same thing where it's like, um, so during the time that Trump was running, he had just, I think he was no longer the, he had transitioned out of owning the Miss Universe organization and they were so hellbent to get something on him. Yeah. They wanted to make up stories of him coming into the, um, the back of the changing dressing rooms and uh, all these allegations and it never happened, never happened. But we, uh, we had such a frenzy of just media, um, activists trying to pin something on Trump that Trump had to have done something in the changing room. So it reminds me of the same thing where it's yeah, like, there's I, all, if you want drama, just look at the, the pageant this industry. Is the place to go. I am not surprised. They try to exploit women every single day. Look what they did to me. You know, 32nd gotcha question. They actually admitted that it was for ratings. So I'm not surprised at all. Know. All right. So yeah, and you know, one, one thing I want to mention yeah. with the, the sure. pageant before we move on is Carrie and I noticed that in this whole transition with the transgender, the man that now owns the Miss Universe organization, I was scrolling through the article, reading it, you know, shocked. But um, I noticed a name in there, Paula Sugar, and she was my direct contact when I was Miss California. And when I was second place at Miss USA, she's who I dealt with rather than going directly to Trump. So she was his right hand guy. And I noticed that she's still in there. What does that say about the women that are still in that pageant that are okay mm -hmm. with what's happening right now? The deconstruction of womanhood in mm -hmm. real time. 
Mm. Yeah. Amen. All right. Let's get to the important stuff Amen. before you go. Let, we need a, we need a couple of beauty tips. Our, our young female producers are like, do they have anything? We need something. I'm thinking, oh you know, you're not recommending those enormous earrings that you had on, Carrie. At that, at Wouldn't that, it be nice if we could dedicate our life to being like these bloggers that are like, all right, ladies, let's talk about makeup and hair. They're so good. We just all the, it's like we're the world is on fire and we're trying to save the world. <laughs> yeah. Stay out of the sun. But, okay, that's good. I agree with that one 100 percent. What else? Oh, you got? yes. Brit has. Oh, my gosh, Megan. She if you see her in real life, she has the most amazing skin that you could. <laughs> and she does not do Botox at all. Oh, come on. This is true. Well, you're still young. She Aren't you young? One wrinkle. True. You ladies are oh, still stop, young. At, by the time you're no, 51. Well, you know, next anything. time we come on with you, Megan, we'll have like a little wait, power hour. And we'll wait, actually Brit, talk tell her real quick but, about your light thing. What light what? thing? What light the thing? The light thing you put on. Oh, oh, I have an LED mask, Megan. Yes. I have an what? LED mask that I put on. That's <laughs> what yes. you need to get. It's an LED mask and the red light therapy, it helps prevent wrinkles. Oh my God, you where can I find this? Talks. There you go. I know. I think, I, and I can't remember the name of it. Do, I just, just Google it. LED mask for your face. Yes. All right, they're all there selling out right now. I'll leave you with that. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like a little highlighter, but not too much because then you look a little strippery. Like a little like, you know, on your... On your, yeah, on your I like a little here. bit of highlighter right here on the cheekbone. Just a little bit. Not right yes. Can't go too I far. Like, I like a little less is more, but I also want women to to feel beautiful. And I, I mean, what woman doesn't feel beautiful when they put on makeup and do their hair? So yes, I um, know. I had a guy I, in the program last week saying, "Just stay out of the sun and don't wear makeup because it's toxic, and embrace your the natural you." And that's when I think I told him to f off. But I love talking to you, ladies. Carrie, Britt, come back soon, okay? And all the best. Thanks for listening to The Megan Kelly Show. No BS, no agenda, and no fear. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. You can live out your MasterChef dreams when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.